It's Mercy Gang. Today's episode is going to be slightly longer. I'm covering longevity in music, BTS fame, and Lizzo's moment last week at the BME MAs, and horoscopes. I got accepted to another podcasting streaming service. I'm officially on iHearted. By the way, my social media is at Hibiscus Kalani, like the Hawaiian flower. So that is Hibiscus Kalani. Um, it's a... Okay, so real quick, I'm a huge fan of Afropunk. It's a niche fashion subculture, and I'm... I saw a pretty girl wearing zebra pants, and they were custom. She obviously made it herself. Um, like, don't get me wrong, the quality was excellent. More people are sewing a lot during quarantine. It's insane. So literally, one leg was zebra, and the other was leather. It was hot. I haven't found a pair of jeans like it since. Anyway, so my hair is green... It's Manic Panic Lizard, Electric Lizard. Um, I didn't do it because of the trend, though. I think of ch- I'm thinking of changing it up and going for another color, as one does. I heard people don't like Manic Panic as much as me, though. The color fades so quickly, but I really like the green. I have now. However, there was a new hair hack for making the same neon green with Arctic Fox using 50-50, Arctic Sunshine Yellow, and Irish Green to make the neon green. But, recently, I think they released a neon green called Neon Moon, so you should save your time just get the neon moon. Honestly, I think it's a lot worth it. But unfortunately, with the hair and makeup business, um, I guess they're having some kind of a scandal, but I don't know more about it. Um, okay, deep talk. I'm going to call this a deep insight of my musical analytics for the current pop singers. Basically, there's match this. Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande's collaboration was a huge success, mostly due to Ariana's fame being much bigger now than that of Lady Gaga, needed that boost. I'm sorry guys, but the gays really have extended a lot of people's careers, especially people like Azealia Banks, whose unsavory bullying cost her her entire career to end so quickly. She even picked a fight with the whole country. Also fair to say, the same amount of crossover fame is equal parts modern singers to the singers of the 2010s, because it makes sense. Like, Dua Lipa is so successful with her collabs with artists, she started to collaborate with male singers, and which is a good idea if you get to know yourself first. I think lesbian singer can still collab with male singers like Paramore and B.O.B. I guess most of the time, the male-to-female collabs are going to be about straight love, and that is hard to be accustomed to, especially for them. Maybe if they come up with a concept that's platonic, we might be able to make some sort of uh, meet them halfway. Um, Megan and Cardi B crossed over, and that made it to TikTok fame. When they had the the audio, it was trending, right? So if you're a business person in the music industry, and you want your song to be even better, you should make sure that it starts to trend on TikTok. Like I said, it's really going to boost a lot of people, especially when people start adding it to their Spotify playlist. So there was a lot of hype behind it, because already everybody was hyped about it. I remember because, um, anyway, so their sexuality, they're really in control of their sexuality. Like, they know who they are. They know what they want. Everybody recognizes that. So when they crossed over, it was a bigger hit because they both knew who they were at the time. And they both decided they had something similar in common. So that catapulted their song to to be a blockbuster hit. So my theory is to work hard, but to work with the bigger singer. And... Uh, 
I don't think it's smart to sing with a bigger star early in your career because you will be lost in the sauce and it's scary to how it happens so often. Lexi Elf to, any, to, to anyone's collab with Psy. And Charlie from Charlie XEX became victim to Iggy's rap part in Fancy. She was lost in the sauce. That is because she should have really have collaborated with someone who was more similar to her sound than Iggy because uh, their sounds were so different at the time that I feel like her, her fame got pushed back. Hopefully now she can be pushed forward because she has a lot of electronic music. I heard a snippet of a TikTok um, mashup of Grimes song, Oblivion, with one of Charlie XCX's songs, and it was really perfect. I That is a dream collaboration that I wish I could see. Anyway, so an artist, you need to be more picky with who you work with. You need, you need to network like crazy and work with people who have better PR careers. Like so many C-listers, I wish I could, they would go away, honestly, but they have such a great team with people who have connections with the industry. So they're literally all over the place. And yes, it's influencers, but I think it's Pandora's box and a whole nother episode if you're really interested in that. It'll be like a social Hollywood pyramid to the T. Like Lord Song, we don't care about your love affair. This segment is being wrapped up real fast. I mean, I could talk for hours about it because I have such, I have like, um, you know, the meme where he's like pointing in all different directions and he's just pointing. That's what it feels like. But honestly, I'm so convinced that there's like such a teed formula to this. Um, so Ariana Grande is made so much um, streams. And so I'm talking to, I'm going to talk about her billion streamed song on YouTube, which is also worth noting that at the time, the timing is important. When she made that, she had already had, she already had two albums at the time. So when she crossed over, Nicki Minaj's was at the height of her career and Ariana Grande was already had two songs, two albums in her belt. So when they collabed, it was a bigger hit. I'm saying the timing is very impeccable. It's so tangible. You really need to get onto that. And uh, so when they collabed, it was a billion dollar stream. Um, it's also important to say someone like Bruno Mars made Cardi B a breakout rapper. At the time with his fan base, he loved the, the fans loved the chemistry they had. Fake it till you make it. And that's all I'm saying about singing. Uh, and duets, especially couple duets, because the chemistry has to be hot and believable. Even if you are not currently dating, it needs to be believable enough where people would start shipping you together because that's where you guys, the fandom needs to believe in the fake lore. There's a lot of common um, fake love interests in the music industry right now. I know Nicki Minaj and Drake faked a relationship early on in the career because, um, well, first off, they were already friends before that, and they were platonic friends, and they were already dating other people. So when they collabed, everybody believed the chemistry because they were already so close. So I'm saying, if you decide to sing a duet with someone else, you need to be close enough where you guys can fake chemistry, because that's what people care about. Even if it's not real, it's fake. So when you do a music video, it's supposed to be fake. Um, so it's kind of like like a borderline. It's like Yes and no. You're pretty much like acting in a way, but you're not because you know who you are. Um, someone who isn't securing the relationship, though, they couldn't really get away with that because they would feel guilty after. But if it's just for the show, 
I think everybody would be slightly more understanding since this is a different kind of job that not everybody can afford to have. Um, now let's go to BTS. So BTS, they are huge right now. If they say anything, they will be trending on Twitter within the matter of an hour. I think their song broke a record on YouTube this year for the most streams on one YouTube service. So I think that's cool because like all of Asia and the rest of the world banded together. Because in Korea, um, with K-pop, they, okay, they are the second wave of K-pop. Don't get me wrong, like I love K-pop, but they're not the original um, first wave of K-pop. The first wave of K-pop was FX, 21, Girls' Generation, Sista, and a bunch of other bands like Big Bang. But the second wave of K-pop was had their way paved for them through the first wave of K-pop people. Um, and so that catapulted their career off into a great thing. Also, unfortunately, a lot of Korean people, they try to cross over to the U.S., but they don't, they're not fluent enough in English for everybody to understand them. Normally what they have is they have a translator, which is fine, because a lot of Spanish singers also have the same problem, but when they have, they make their equations for songs to cross over, it needs to be their language that they are uh, dominant in and have a little bit of English, um, slightly more English in there because a foreigner will not understand your, um, your language all the way if you're trying to cross over into the American market. So there needs to be a slightly more English in that. And also when you guys do interviews, um, not everybody has to be fluent in English, but some of you have to be fluent enough in English because um, right now it's, um, I guess, I guess right now it's like such a niche market. So this, I would take advantage of that very much. Um, anyway, so when we go to BTS, I can, they are equally rival to One Direction's level of fame, but will it last forever? Remember, not everyone's going to stay young forever. I know BTS uh, in Korea, it's called, it's required that they have to do mandatory uh, military service, like GD and Big Bang. When they had their mandatory uh, service, um, the fans were really worried about the longevity of the career when they would bounce back and make a comeback song. I think that's mostly due because a lot of people's fandoms, they grow up. And also because the military thing, that's two years worth of not working. That's a big ouchie in your career, especially depending on how, how famous you are. So I think that's kind of scary because a lot of K-pop people, they have to worry about that. It's a two-year setback. And I think um, you could choose what time you take your two-year mandatory service, if I recall. I don't remember. But you should probably check on that. It's, but I'm just saying. So, yeah, it's it's hard because you have to maintain the fandom until then, and you have to make sure that you're secure enough with yourself. Um, I also like to compare BTS to the Backstreet Boys of the early '90s because they had fame and it was all over the place. But now, 20 years later, we aren't so obsessed with them. And when I say obsessed with them, I mean like when you are in love, you are in love with a band. You are making fan fiction. You are always making the edits. And if you're a Visco girl, you probably have like a million bazillion edits of BTS. I mean, that's cool. Um, but the fan base will grow up. So it makes sense to grow up with the fan base, like One Direction did when they started to be share more personal information about their love lives. When they... I know Liam Payne had a baby and then... Uh, everything changed when they all started having kids. I think the only one that doesn't have a kid right now is Niall and Harry Styles. 
so it makes sense that you you start to grow up with your band so you should start sharing more personal experiences that you have even though it's kind of hard a lot of fans actually do care about what's going on with you especially your mental health so with Demi Lovato if you have an eating disorder or something like you don't feel like sharing about most people won't even know about it if you have something going on you should really share about it even though um you don't think that someone's listening probably someone really cares like I would be interested in that you know it's like we keep our feelings bottled up you know one day we're just gonna burst and it's gonna blow up I think it's like super unhealthy like I used to be that way for years like I have like um well a lot of things because you know when people diagnose themselves it's like oh you're undiagnosed you're 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 self-diagnosing yourself like your mentality doesn't matter well I know exactly what I have I know that a lot of stuff I have is undiagnosed so I mean, I normally would love to talk about my mental health right now, but it's undiagnosed. And, you know, even worse is that it's, like, just as bad as me. But, you know, it's fine. So you kind of get it. So when we're talking about that, it's, like, we put value into the fan base. When we share our personal lives, they the fans, instead of treating them like like um, a potential love interest or, you know, how when you flirt with your bands, you should start treating them like a um, like a second family almost but kind of not really because they still want to be into you your fans they're really into interested in how you look and how you um act and about your love life but they want to care more about you you need to share more information you can't just keep that to yourself uh and it sucks because the more popular you are more people want to pry into your personal life i love privacy and i respect that someone doesn't want to share um, their personal story with the world and I mean you can if you can afford it you know what I mean like if you are and if they do that decide to share their personal relationship to the public I'm pretty sure that they are 100% in a mostly serious relationship we think because we don't really know and I'm using Harry Styles as an example when he dated Taylor Swift publicly it was like a cool crossover but I don't think it was really serious like they were having fun but it wasn't serious. So like an example of that would was something like, oh, you know, even if the breakup's off, off, you know, they ended it on good terms, which is important because they still work in the same industry with each other. So even, you know, even if they, they land on a bad terms, it would be super awkward if they ran into each other at an award carpet or anything like that. And if they hate each other, that tension is awful. I think it's awful when you leave people off on bad terms. When my personal relationships, I try my hardest to leave it on good terms. I know right now there's like an like two exes that it's because they want something from me and we're they not really currently in relationships with them, but there's some currently problems with oh, um, a very specific ex, and it's just really hard because it's um it's like that song. Why do you only call me when I'm high? And so it sucks. You know, just leave it on good terms. Anyways, but with BTS, it's like no one wants to be faced with ageism. I think it makes sense to work with people who are the same age as you in the beginning of your career instead of trying to work with someone who's older. Right now, someone like Demi from Euphoria is an example of someone who is currently facing real Hollywood ageism because she is 30 and she's pretending to be someone who is 15 in the show. Everyone is making a big scene. 
But in Hollywood of the Golden Age, we didn't have this problem, and everybody didn't have baby faces. And the acting and casting directors, they didn't really notice anything about that. So I think that that should start changing. So in a way, a boy band needs to compromise the value and share vulnerable moments they don't share. Also, I'll say lots of bands don't get along. When they go into interviews and they say, we're like sisters, or oh, we're like brothers. Um, you Most of the time people say that, it's... You like I'm pretty sure most of the time like the, you could tell it's a genuine relationship, but sometimes they're lying, and you don't know that because I have a lot of insider information about that. So sometimes they're lying, and it's sad because behind the scenes they probably fought over outfits for each interview or fought over solos during songs when they were recording in the studio. So when other band members still don't have get along, it affects their music quality so bad. It also affects the way the fans view them. When they see that the fans notice that they're not getting along, they feel that. They're, they're, a lot of fans have a lot of insight. They're kind of like empaths. They can feel your emotions. So when you try to grow your fan base, I think it's it's very important to be very sympathetic and have to notice that they, they are very empathic. They will understand your feelings. They they kind of like, they're kind of like Inspector Gadget. Like they'll literally dissect your lyrics to the T. Sometimes they have their own fan hypothesis of what it actually meant, but you can always um, tell like when someone is like telling the truth about the lyrics or if they're just using a metaphor. So you can always tell when it's poetry. So I think the fans are really, really smart to not be underestimated. Um, so yeah, so with the solos, I think it's a good idea that you distribute the amount of solos you had. I mean, I know in bands, some people don't even have a lot of solos. Like, some people probably have less than three songs. And it's really sad because, you know, like, in K-pop, there's, like, more than one singer. So I'm talking about someone like um, Fifth Harmony, someone like um, Little Mix. So what good band leader cares about, the mentality, mental health, and mentality of the band members to also make sure that they get their solos, they get their rights because a lot of times is a, a lot of music uh, labels, they usually listen to the leader of the band. So when you petition for what you really need, they're more likely to listen to the leader. When you guys all band together, you guys are more powerful. You guys really demand respect, demand your rights, especially in South Korea. I know you guys have, they, they give you a lot of restrictions that you shouldn't have. What I think what should happen is that you guys should write a song and then petition to your fans on uh i think they're called in cities and citizens and so when you start talking about it and you get p- more people to rally against you so say how there's like a lot of there's a dating band in um in a music label and you want to date someone that's also in the same music label as you but it's bands you could petition for that if you have a dieting tip and it's really extreme and you say hey this is affecting my mental health i don't like that you can talk to the public. The public will always band behind you. I know a lot of labels, they, it's a it's a very high risk decision. So if you decide to do that, I, I think it's important to also have to be talking to another music label at the same time. I know this is very dramatic. I'm just talking for K-pop people. You should be talking to another K-pop artist or look for an indie Korean artist uh, music label. Indie artist bands are... The only, the only downside is that you won't have a, as much money to spend on music videos, but you will have the rights and more control to your music to, um, style and what you look like. 
So you get to be more in charge of yourself. But the only downfall is that you don't have as much money for promotion and you don't have as much money for music videos. So the quality isn't going to be that well. So, I mean, so that's really an awful downside to that. Like, you have to be making a lot of money for that to be make a huge difference. So when you petition for yourself, I think you you have the right to stand up for yourself. Uh, you know, standing up for yourself and fighting for your rights, that shows growth and maturity. When you talk to your boss, you talk to your boss like a person, You res- with, with respect. You say, hey, we're changing as a band. The body image we have is going to affect all our fandom. We want to eat how we want to eat. We want to dance how we want to dance. We want to have solos for other people in our band that normally don't get to have that solo. So, you know, just get to writing. You know, honestly, just write it. And you can go on IG Live and you don't even have to publish it. It could be like an EP. And if your fans like it, it might be turned into a song. So, you know, it's like this thing where it's like, how are you going to compete with other singers when you guys are fighting within each other? So the quality of the music, you know, I just want you to know your anxiety is lying to you. So people who feel like they have to always be making songs and pushing it out, even if their mental health is really bad, I don't think you should. You should take a break. I know that's so controversial. You're like, oh, I need to make money. You know, you need to take a break. You are more famous than you think you are. You are more secure than you think you are. Your anxiety is lying to you. Your fame, it, you know, your anxiety lies to you and says your fame won't be there as when you're when you're not making music. No, that's a lie. You have enough fan base where you can take a slightly longer break and you can come back when you're mentally ready and have your hit song because it's going to be way better. My best advice for singers and band members is to read books and take necessary vacations. I mean, it's taking a little bit more break time. So say you already won an award for a hit song or whatever. After that, you can afford to take a vacation right after. You do not have to go right into the back to, to the studio. Uh, like you don't need, need to feel that pressure. You need to recharge and hopefully learn something about the destination that you are at. A lot of songs are inspired when you are at your best mentality. Okay, the last segment of today's episode is called Would You Date Your Ex Again Based on Your Horoscope Sign? And I will get into it till. Okay, I will get into it. So, my sign is a Virgo sign. So, I'm going to go and break this segment into different episodes because I realized that I ran out of time for this at the end. So, I'm only going to talk about a couple of signs today. And hopefully in the next episode, we can talk more about horoscopes. And then we can get more into more pop, uh, pop quizzes. Okay. So, and also I'm going to add that this segment is uh, in uh, what I date my ex, plus it's based off relationships that I already had. So, um, okay, so with the Virgo male, it was weird because I was dating my own sign, so it felt kind of strange. So male Virgos have a reputation like the signs you date them aren't compatible. I think a lot of girls online on Twitter, because I was researching this, they say that a lot of male Virgos... They're, they're kind of manipulative and I don't know if they're gaslighted or whatever but maybe that's just a men thing um but also I've noticed that the signs you date them aren't really compatible already so I, but unfortunately and I didn't personally didn't have that problem with the, the three male Virgos I dated they were thoughtful and very smart and creative you know and my advice to them is to never let a man run your life no matter what astrology sign they are you set boundaries and never allow what you already allowed twice. 
cut them off, and they will learn. Male Virgos have a soft side that you only see when you get close to them. Some have hidden talents like mine did. Would I date mine again? Would I date a Virgo again? I'd say maybe, but I'd also date this relationship a 9 out of 10. And I'm giving him an extra point to be ahead of Sagittarius. <laughs> so when we go to talk about Sag Sagittarius, hopefully in the next episode, you'll understand why I give him an extra point. Um, okay, Aquarius. Aquarius is overrated as hell. He's popular with all the girls because he's sensitive. Kind nature, draws in crowds. To me, he was difficult to get to know because he was so protective. I wish I could know more of him at the time, but he seems to be happy alone. Aquarius is like Scorpio and is a workaholic working 24-7 and I have to be the one to tell them to take a break. My Aquarius lived on the other side of the globe. I wish we could be on that British show eating with my ex. Trust me, honey. I will be eating enough to ask all the questions I want to know because they uh, they put the questions on your plate. So you have to eat enough to have your questions and then the other person will have the same same opportunity to ask you questions. And so the questions will be on the plate, but you have to be eating enough to have the questions. So I'm thinking that if I get a lot of desserts, I can hack it and ask as much questions as I need. So um, trust me, I will be eating that. <laughs> if I ever had the chance with Aquarius, I would, I would love to do that. Um... So my Aquarius was a tough critic to themselves. You know, they got better now, but, you know, it's it's mostly about second-guessing their opinions. Like, they, they were in a in a corporate-like situation where they have to, like, depend on others because they were making group decisions, and now they have to be independent and work for themselves and make their own decisions and make their own lives. And it was hard because um, you don't really have the opinions of others um, on hand like you used to, like, it's um so it's kind of like weird like you know like you're making decisions for yourself because you're independent now but the opinion you can't really text everybody because everyone is busy now they're working um what i date again what i date aquarius again um i say yes but not now because he still lacks proper communication skills i mean it's like what's passed between us he probably is busy right now and he isn't the one to reach out kind you know he's he's private you have to start a conversation with him just like virgo um so i'd rate this relationship 10 out of 10 because it was more about us not having enough time um so that's the end of the horoscope segment today um the current top charts of billboard is still PT bts with the hit song and mood featuring ian dior on spotify Will Shawn Mendes' song Wonder be top charting soon? Maybe the public will decide. Have a wonderful evening, morning, and afternoon. Till next time, I'll see you soon.